Pray with me. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Those are the words of the Lord's Prayer in the King James. Well, mostly. Some things, like the Lord's Prayer, just sound better in the King James, don't they? That poetic rhythm that it has. It's been also called the model prayer. And due to its profound depth, I could think of no better text to use today to help us think about praying when life turns upside down. Prayer teaches us to worship God. When we worship God, He comes to us. Most people think that God lives in heaven, but the Bible in Psalm 22.3 teaches that God lives in the praises of His people. So when life turns upside down, what should we do? We should pray. And we should invite the sovereign loving God of the whole universe into our situation. So today, if you haven't already, I'd invite you to open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. The Lord's Prayer will be our key text, and we'll be going through it pretty quickly in this shorter format that we're trying to use. One thing I'm going to do that's slightly different today is because our children aren't here in the pews with their bag with all their things to do is I'm going to give them a little something extra to do. And if you're a kid at heart, you can do it too. There was a guy in my church in Texas named John, and John was a little bit different, more than one way. He was an adult, mind you. But one thing he did that was totally cool was every week during my sermon, he would draw a picture of the sermon. He never took notes, but if you asked him to explain the picture, he could recount different things about the sermon uh, from the text and stories that I had told and things like that. So with that in mind, I'm going to ask the kids to draw some pictures today. So moms and dads, if you don't already have a piece of paper for your kids to draw on, kids, if you don't already have something to write with, do that as well. And we'll do that as part of our sermon today. Let's turn back to God's Word in our text. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, reading from my NIV, this then is how you should pray. He's answering a question of the disciples of how should we pray. And he gives them this model prayer. We know it's the Lord's Prayer. And he says, Our Father in heaven. That's your first point on your outline. And you can email your outline or have it linked in the video description below. And that first point is that it begins with a relationship. Our Father. It begins with a relationship. Our Father. Kids draw a picture of God like he's a father. Uh, That would be the way to start. Now, when we talk about a relationship, um, the easiest thing to think about is a phone call. If my phone rings at my house, and it's my home phone these days, you know how that is, right? Your home phone it pretty much is just what? Telemarketers. And now it even says spam with a question mark on it. I'm like, yeah, it says spam. I'm not answering that. Let's say I get a phone call, and it's on my home phone, and the caller ID says Fortenberry. And I'm like, oh, that's Representative Fortenberry here in Nebraska. Mm, Do I want to listen to that or not? Because he's going to be telling me about a town hall or telling me something that's going on. So I might listen to it. But let's say my home phone rings, and it's you on my caller ID. 
I'd be like, hey, that's my friend. I don't know why they're calling me on my home phone rather than my cell phone, but I'm going to answer. And I'm going to be like, hello, and I'll probably even call you by name, right? A relationship makes all the difference. And when we pray to God, the thing that Jesus tells us to start with is our relationship. John 1.12 says that to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, God gave the right to be called children of his. That no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, no matter what's been done to you, God invites you into a personal love relationship with him. 1 Peter 3.18 says that Christ suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death but made alive by the Spirit. God desires a personal relationship with you. And right now, if you haven't already trusted Jesus as your personal Savior and Lord, you can do that today and right here. And that's your question on your first point. That question is, have I trusted Jesus as my personal Savior and Lord? Each of us must answer that for ourselves. If you've never trusted him, you can admit that you are a sinner. You can believe that Jesus is God's son and you confess him as your Savior and Lord right now. And if you've done that, please let us know. Email me, Aaron at SouthviewBaptist.org, or write a comment in the video, and we'll get back to you and tell you more about being a follower of Jesus. So that's your first point on your outline this morning, and that first point is it begins with a relationship. But as we move on, this passage of Scripture, this prayer has seven different kinds of requests. And the first three are thy requests. They center on God. And then there's this hinge on earth as it is in heaven. And then there's four more requests that are us requests. They focus on what we're asking God to do for us. And as we consider these requests, let's consider one more thing about them. When we pray a prayer like the Lord's Prayer, we can do it in three different ways. We can do it at the lip level where we're just saying it because we've been taught to say it and it's mundane. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed. Terrible right? But sometimes we're there. We do things mindlessly. The second way we can pray the Lord's Prayer is the mind level, where we're thinking through each phrase we're saying and the depth of that phrase. And I'm going to touch on the depth of that uh, a little bit for each one today. And we give it a chance to come to our mind and for our mind to connect with God about what these phrases mean. And I hope that's where we get today. But beyond that, the third way you might pray a prayer, especially one that's familiar like the Lord's Prayer, is the heart level, where your depth of understanding of it goes past your mind and to your heart, and you can pray it with passion because you realize the relationship you're in. It's not just our Father, but you are my Father and these things you are asking Him. So in our limited time today, we're going to take a look at the seven different requests in the Lord's Prayer. The first one is worship. The first one is worship. Hallowed be your name. That's in verse 9. Hallowed be your name. Uh, kids, draw something that looks holy. Uh, maybe draw like a king on the throne that he's set apart and different with rays or a crown or something to symbolize that. Now, adults, we know that hallowed means holy, set apart. It means special. It's something that we esteem. And when we're praying this to God, it's not just how would be your name, it's your king and that's your title. It's that we really care for who you are. Think about the question, your question there on your first point. 
is why begin with worship? If we start our prayer with a relationship and the first request of our prayer is a request for worship, it's because God has a name. His name is holy. He wants us to worship him and the Lord's prayer can help us worship him. Beginning our prayer with a recognition of our relationship with God and expressing our worship to God reminds us of who God is, but also who we are, that we are not Him. So that's the first request, worship. The second request in our prayer today is sovereignty. That is the phrase, thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. Um, Kids, if you're drawing your picture, maybe make a map on it. Maybe make a kingdom, a castle, or something that shows the king is sovereign. Now, sovereign means rule, reign, authority, power. And when we're confronted with something like this COVID-19 deal and all the anxieties that go with it, whether if I touch something, I'm going to sick or I lose my job and how am I going to pay my bills and everything else around it, we have to ask, is God sovereign? Did he cause this or allow this? Um, Why would he do this? Why is not a bad question. God can handle our why questions, but as I've taught before, the better question may be, what would God have us to learn from this? So I'd want to ask you, what is it you're learning already, even in the week or two or three that you have been isolated at your home, quarantined from friends, working from the house, homeschooling your children? What is it you're learning about yourself, about your family, about your church, about God? God is sovereign. And we, in this prayer, recognize his sovereignty and we say to him, and what's it remind me of? Is your question there? Well, it reminds me that God is a ruler, that God is sovereign, that he has a kingdom, both physical and a spiritual kingdom. And his kingdom just isn't always present here when we see it. The Lord's Prayer, as any prayer, helps bring us into his kingdom and helps bring his kingdom to us. One warning, though, when we think about God's sovereignty. We can't seek to glorify ourselves and pray to God that he would be glorified, that his kingdom would come. The third request in this prayer is one of submission, and it's thy will be done. Thy will be done. Uh, Kids, if you're drawing, draw a picture of someone obeying or submitting to your king. Adults, you probably don't want to draw the picture because submission is hard for us, isn't it? We don't like control. We don't like power. We don't like authority unless we're the one that has it. We don't like it, I should say, when somebody else has it over us. And why is that? It's our sin nature. But prayer is a call to change the world. What do I mean by that? That our world might be as God intends. What did we just pray? That your kingdom come, your will be done. Many times, however, that prayer is that the change would begin in us. Repentance is a change of heart, a change of mind, a change of direction. For us, it might be trusting Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior. If you've already trusted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, that change may be that you're going to obey Him today about something you didn't obey Him about yesterday. Maybe it's that you're going to confess a sin today that you have been harboring and dealing with and keeping for a long time. Why submission is part of the Lord's Prayer, is part of any prayer, is because 
we're recognizing who He is, God, and who we are, not God. We take our request to God, and we ask Him to do something about it. Your question there asks, what does this mean for me? I would think if you seek to answer that question of what does it mean for you to submit, you might have to say that God has a plan, and it does include you, that following Jesus is good for you, that's what God intends, that's what the Bible tells us, and that submitting to God's leadership in obedience is necessary for us to find his will. We just prayed, your will be done, but our part in that is submitting in obedience to find his will. Remember, we can't reject his rules for life. We can't reject his word and ask for his kingdom to come and ask for his will to be done. Then there's this hinge in the prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And why do we call this a hinge? You know, a hinge separates two things, right? There's a hinge on your door that helps the door go from one way to the other, open and closed and anywhere in the middle. But this is a hinge in the prayer because these first three requests, as I said, are requests that thy request. But our last four requests here are about us. And look at what the hinge is on earth as it is in heaven. I think that's totally cool because what it's saying is, okay, God, I've said all these things about who you are and what I want to happen for you as sovereign. And now I'm saying just like in your sovereignty and in heaven, how everything happens just as you want it, just when you want it completely, fully and wholeheartedly, that the same thing would happen in my life. The same thing would happen in our world. You see why the Lord's prayer is such a powerful prayer for us? Certainly, we look around and we know that God does not intend harm to people. And even though viruses are real and even though death is real, suffering and things like that is not part of God's plan. It's all part of the way that sin has gotten into life and made it worse than God designed it. But God's still sovereign. And so as we pray these last four requests, we can remember that hinge. We're asking God to make our earth like things are in heaven. So your fourth request, the first of the us, is give us this day. Kids, if you're drawing your picture, um, make a picture of the king giving you something. Put yourself in there, right? And for us as adults, we think about provision. We think first about our physical needs. We think about money to pay for those things. But this also our spiritual needs, our relational needs too. When we say give us today our daily bread, bread is is a symbolic word. It's a word meaning anything we need. It stands for all our needs, for time, for money, for energy, for focus. Philippians 4.19 reminds us that my God will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. So my question for you is, what is it that you need? And your question on your outline there is, what will God give me? What will God give you? He'll give us his daily needs. He will give us as we ask for him to supply. He promises to supply everything. We should pray about everything because he knows our needs. One caution on this point is that we can't be self-sufficient and ask God to provide. 
Even though God does give us the ability to work, He gives us the mind, He gives us the body to go out and do our jobs to make the income. We've got to be in this tension of, I'm doing my part, but I'm relying on God, and God is using the abilities He's given me in order to bring glory to Him by providing for me. So that's our fourth request. We had worship, we had sovereignty, we had submission, we have provision. Now our fifth request is forgiveness. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. One church father called this part the terrible prayer because you're praying, God, don't forgive me unless I forgive other people. How many of you, how much for me, do I have unforgiveness that I am unwilling to let go of? Because we sin, we need to ask God to forgive us. Because other people sin against us, we need to forgive them. Because they sin to us, we need to be forgiving, uh, or we need to ask their forgiveness. Please don't fall into the trap of COVID-19 or any other dire circumstance on earth and think that it's God's judgment for our sin. Don't be so arrogant. You aren't God, and who are you to say that it's God's judgment for our sin? We know we need to ask forgiveness. And matter of fact, the 29th today, when you're watching this, is a day of fasting and prayer, asking God to bring revival to our world, even through something as terrible as everything we're facing with this COVID-19 virus. But we should ask forgiveness, no matter our purpose, no matter our circumstance in life. Forgiveness is the essential ingredient to a life of obedience following God. So your question on that fifth request is, what should I do about my sin? What should I do about my sin? Well, we know we sin. We must be concerned about our sin. We must do something about our sin. Therefore, we must ask God to forgive our sins. We also must forgive others as God's word says. If you won't forgive, you can't ask for his forgiveness. That's our warning on this fifth request. So our requests again are worship, sovereignty, submission, providence, forgiveness. Now let's get to our sixth request. Our sixth request is for God's guidance. God's guidance. And lead us not into temptation. Kids, draw a picture of your king showing you the way. Maybe he's pointing you on the map or maybe he's taking you by the hand or lifting you up on his horse. But you're getting shown the way by your king and your king in this is symbolic of God, right? Because we stray, because we sin, um, because we want to do things our way, we need God's help. And we need, by the Holy Spirit, through the Bible, through prayer, through circumstances, through other believers in Jesus, God to guide us not to fall into sin. You know, so many times that phrase is used flippantly of like a pastor that had a moral failure, that he fell into sin. And I just want to shake my head and cry. And I say, that pastor didn't fall into sin. He walked into sin knowingly. It was not he just all of a sudden had an affair with somebody. It was that over time he compromised and compromised and compromised. And all these sins led to what we call falling into sin. Friends, We need to continually ask God to guide us and protect us from temptation. We know temptation is real. We need accountability. We need relationships. We need honesty. We need boundaries. But we need to pray and ask God to help us. Remember, the Lord's Prayer is a model prayer, and it reminds us of temptation and sin. Your question there, 
asked, how do I overcome temptation? We need to remember that God allows us to be tempted, that we can all sin, but God expects us to overcome temptation. How? Through him. By Christ in us is the hope of glory working through us as we seek to decrease who we are and increase who Christ is within us. We can't seek out sin and ask God to protect us from temptation. We've got to seek to follow him. So you had worship, you had sovereignty, you had submission, you had providence, you had forgiveness, you have guidance, and now our seventh and final prayer request here is protection. God, deliver us from evil. It says, but deliver us from the evil one. Kids, if you're drawing your picture, you might draw a picture of your king with a shield and a sword even defending you from some bad guy or something like that. We know what the Lord is talking about here. The evil one is talking about Satan and his demons and all the temptations and all the attacks he brings against us. And we need to be reminded that we're not just at war with flesh and blood, but principalities and powers. And we need God's protection from all these things. Your question there would ask, where do I need protection now? Is it your heart that needs protection because of your anxiety, your fears, your worries? Is it your health that needs protection because you're on the front lines or you're an essential employee at work and you don't know what surface you might touch or who might sneeze or cough and you might end up with something? Is it your sanity because you're used to doing things at home and now your kids are there and you're trying to teach your kids plus manage your home? And I don't know what it is, but God knows what it is. And we need to ask him, to help protect us from those things that will tempt us to evil and sin. Now, our prayer ends with a phrase that is not in most of our Bibles, but I included it in my outline, and I included it in the way that I prayed at the beginning of the sermon. That part that says, For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Why is it not in your Bible, unless it's maybe in the margin? That's because it's not in the earliest versions of Scripture we have. So the earliest manuscripts that you know um, archaeologists have found don't have that. So what it would assume is that the early church, when they would say the Lord's Prayer, somebody along the way added this on like a tag or a benediction. And think about it. It fits. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. What a beautiful way to acknowledge God's rule, his reign, his power, his sovereignty, his authority. And so if you're writing on your note sheet there, that conclusion is that it ends with a declaration for thine is. It ends with a declaration for thine is. My question, what does that remind us about God? What does that remind us about God? He has all the power. He's sovereign. He has all knowledge. He loves us. And he desires for us in the midst of every circumstance of life, even in, especially in things like COVID-19, to turn to him, to pray to him daily, whether we use the Lord's Prayer or whether we pray our own words or some combination of the both. And ask him to help us make it through this. Let's pray together now. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for your words, prayer. Give us through your son, Jesus. And Jesus, we thank you for giving us this model prayer that we call the Lord's Prayer. 
and that there's such depth to this prayer because you and your sovereignty and knowledge gave it to us that we might learn from you. And though we've covered it quickly today, God, we pray that you would continue to unfold the truth and the depth of this, your prayer, for us in the week ahead. That no matter our fears, no matter our anxieties, no matter the challenges or problems that we face, that we would know that you, God, are with us and that you love us because you're for us. So, Father, we pray if there's anyone that today, during this sermon, has trusted Christ as their personal Lord and Savior for the first time, that they'd let us know. Contact me or write us a note. We pray, Father, for those of us that are church members and followers of yours already, that whatever commitment we've made today, we'd share that with someone else for accountability and encouragement. And we pray, Father, that you continue to carry us through day by day, week by week. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, friends, thank you again for joining us for our worship service online. My phrase this week is, we are together apart. Though we are apart, we will get through this together with one another and with the help of our loving God and Father. Remember, if you need anything, email me, Aaron at southviewbaptist.org, call our church office, 402-423-5062, or if anyone you know needs anything that we might help with, let us know. We're going to do everything we can to demonstrate love for one another through this time. Thank you.